Happy, what is it, uh, Daylight Savings Morning. It's the best morning of the year. So uh, just want to welcome you here this morning. And uh, if you're new to One Heart Church, I want to say it's great to have you with us. And if you're visiting Port Lincoln, so good that you're here and taking the time to come to church and join us this morning. Uh, also, if you're watching us online, we just want to welcome you. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will minister to you right where you are as we uh, get into the word this morning. So uh, who's excited for daylight savings? Who's going to stay up tonight and have a barbecue? Just because just you can. So who enjoyed last Sunday with Layla and, and the women's retreat? What a great event. I want to give the women a hand for such a great um, event they put on last week. It's fantastic. But uh, as, as you would know, I've been doing a series lately on Love Church. And uh, we had looked at uh, two things, part one and part two. We looked at, at some Greek words that are uh, indicative of the church. And the first word we looked at was the word ecclesia, which meant a body, a group, an assembly that we would call the church. It's a group of believers. The, the next time we looked at uh, the word koinonia or, or koinonia, as I say it, but apparently it's koinonia, uh, another Greek word meaning Christian community that we have with God and, uh, and with fellow Christians. Uh, and what we saw in that week is uh, uh, your place matters. And I want to continue that theme today that uh, every single person, your place matters in the house of God. Your place matters in the church. So um, a church is not just what we get from it. It's what we bring to it. So uh, that's a big statement. I know there'll be people suddenly straight away going, click, 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 turn off, turn off, uh, because they'll be thinking straight away, uh, this is another message on serving. Um, but I want to uh, bring some aspects to it today that hopefully uh, awaken something within you. So um, it's not a, a message today on, on serving as such or serving your church. It's, that's, a, that's a normal part of our outworking our faith. Um, it's more about belonging and living in the joy of doing what you were born to do. So when you find that place that you were meant to be, that uh, the, if you're looking at it in uh, a career situation, when you find the, the place that you are meant for, then life brings a whole new level of satisfaction. And uh, sometimes people never discover that type of living and they find themselves trapped in in a, you know, a career path or an employment direction uh, that is not fulfilling. But uh, when it comes to our, our uh, church involvement, God wants you to find the most fulfilling part of your life uh, in the house of God. So um, where are we up to? See, our enemy, the devil, spins a lie that church is all about doing stuff. And that you know, and when we start to listen, listen to that voice, um, we we can think that people don't really care for us. People don't really love us at church, except for what we do. And what happens in that 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 when the enemy starts to voice that into our ear, our heart can become hard to what God wants us to do, and we we miss out on things. So the expression of our devotion to Jesus is to serve His body. It should be an expression of our devotion to God. And in that, we find great 
satisfaction when we find the right place where we fit, where we, where we serve. So I, I read a quote, and it's from Every Day with Jesus, and it said, God is not primarily in the business of recruiting laborers. His chief aim is to restore fallen people to a state of true worship. So we might think, well, we, we, we want to you know, grow a church and we want to uh, build things up so that we can uh, fill all our positions. God isn't interested in filling positions or finding laborers. He's interested in restoring people's lives so that they can bring glory to the Father, bring glory to God. So um, we're not here, or you're not here, especially I'm speaking to, to people who are part of One Heart Church. You're not here to fulfill a roster. So sometimes you might think, well, I only turn up when I'm on the roster. Um, life is about fulfilling God's gift that is in you. So when you serve God, it's about the gift of God that he put within you and serving the body with that gift. And when you live that way, you discover a whole new level of satisfaction. That's the word of the day, satisfaction. Poke someone next to you and say, satisfaction. It's the word of the week. It wasn't in the first service, I only just thought of it now. But I really think that, that there are so many people, so many Christian people who live an unsatisfied life because they've never allowed themselves the opportunity to see how and where they fit in the house of God. So uh, we're not here to fill rosters. Um, but when we offer ourselves to serve, uh, it's an activation of our worship. So we make a mistake if we think worshipping God is, is singing songs in church. That is worship, but it's not all that worship means. When we give ourselves to serve the Lord in, in, in a capacity that uh, is bringing our, our gift to the house of God, we are worshipping the Father with that. And it's not just restricted to what we do in church. That's the other thing. Sometimes people say, oh, well, I've got my ministry and it all happens in here. What, what the, the, the worship that God wants to see is that there is no scene between what happens in here and what happens out there. And so the, the greater thing is that we want to we be built up, we want to be encouraged, we want to be um, uh, uh, strengthened when we come together in the house of God. And we want to be able to then outwork that to the world in which we live and make the world a better place. So what Jesus had in mind for the church was to make the world better, was to make the world a better place for people. So um, the, the theme I have, love church, activates our worship by finding our place in it. So the parts fit together to function completely. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 uh, tells us all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you. And uh, I, I want to take, take some time now. Church is not symbolic. Some people think, well, church is a symbolic thing. Of, you know, it's all about uh, uh, rituals and things like that. It's not symbolic. It, it is the people of God through which the Holy Spirit works. I want to tell you something, you are a physical being, you live in the natural world, but you have a spirit that God wants to awaken within you. So there is a spiritual world that we need to be aware of. That is, sometimes you know, represents some evil things, 
and we need to recognise and understand where those evil things come from. And we also need to realise that God wants us to go through life with a spiritual perspective as well as a natural. And sometimes we, we make decisions, we have opportunities that present us that appeal to our flesh, appeal to, this, to the natural mind or the natural thought. And, and we can easily be led by what looks good in the natural sense but what I want us to do, it's a part of maturing as a believer, is to b- begin to uh, add into your decision making a spiritual element and say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Lord, help me to make a spiritual decision in a natural world. Because we live in a natural world, but we, are, we, we have a spiritual that we can uh, rely on greater than our, uh, our normal perspective. So uh, I, want to, I want to encourage you to, to trust God and ask him for his help in decision making. It'll make a huge difference in your life. And, and the other thing too, church is not a symbolic church. We are the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit you, has chosen the church to, to uh, minister to the world. And so that could mean in a small way you might be thinking, well, um, God's put someone on my heart. I just feel a sense of, you know, I'm thinking of Al and, uh, and I just, you know, I don't know why, but, you know, you, you, you give Al a call and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. How are you going today? And that could make a huge difference because, you know, he might be going through something that day or thinking of Mark and go, well, hey, I, I'm thinking of Mark and God spoke to me this morning in my, in, in, in my uh, uh, time with the Lord and I've got a scripture, I, I just sent it to Mark and then the next thing you know, he sends me a message back saying, thanks so much, I really, really needed that. And so God can use you in very subtle ways but can be very powerful in encouraging somebody else. And that's what the, the living in the spirit looks like. It's not like saying, oh, I don't even drive, I don't even get a car park unless God tells me that's the one. That's not spirit, that's stupid. That's just being weird. Uh, you know, when you get a flat tyre, that, that's not the enemy attacking you, that's mechanical failure. You understand the difference. So there's a lot of people running around going, oh, the, the, oh, the devil's attacking me, oh, and I went outside and I had a flat tyre. Why is this attack coming? No, it's mechanical failure. Should have got new tyres, should have got your wheels checked. Simple. So let's not, let's not get so, so focused on, on things that seem spiritual, but you actually just go weird. You, you want to be able to discern where the spiritual attack comes from. Oh, just another thought. This wasn't in the first service. I'm getting distracted now. But you know, there's a lot of people speak things like, like when, when, when something happens and they, they make comments like this. I don't know if I've shared this before, but anyway. Um, and they'll say things like, why is God doing this to me? You know, so you've had some drama. Maybe you know, you've lost your job or you've, you know, you're, they're selling the house where you live or whatever. And you think, why is God doing this to me? Uh, why is God letting this happen to me? And, and we've got to change our confession in those ways because we're apportioning to God who is good and wants to bless us with, with tragedy and with bad things. And so what, what we need to change our, our language and, and try, it's, it's a retraining because we get so used to doing it. Most of my time if I see people is they're saying, I don't know why God's doing this to me. God's not doing that to you. What, th- that's the enemy who wants to attack you and bring you down and, and make your life you know, miserable. What you need to turn that around and say, I don't know why this is happening. Not so I don't know why God is doing it. I don't know why this is happening, but I know if I take Jesus' hand, he'll take me through this wilderness 
and get me out the other side? Can we retrain our language, retrain our questions? Because way too often that, that we as the church are apportioning to God what is not from him. And then people say, well, God let me down. I don't know why God did this to me. All this bad stuff happened. And, and where was God? God's there. Take his hand. Say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you through this wilderness and he'll take you through. I don't know why. That, maybe that's for someone here this morning. You need to hear that. But uh, I want to, you, know, you notice at the start of my message, I, I use some Greek words. I don't normally preach from the Greek or the Hebrew, all those words. But for this series, I've decided to do that. So I can do it. So for those who are thinking, oh, he never talks about that. Well, I can, but sometimes it's just not necessary. Sometimes it is. For me, anyhow. So today... I'm going to introduce another Greek word, the Greek of the week, the word oikos. And that's probably not how they say it. As if you're a Greek person, you probably say, what? You, just, you don't know how to pronounce the Greek words. Well, I don't, I don't know how to. So everyone say oikos. You pronounce it wrong. You all did it. So. But it means household, but it also has a, great, it's a, 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 it has a very broad um, meaning. It's one of those words like, like we have some English words that can mean lots of things. Um, like, I didn't say this in the first service, but like jam. You can, you can have jam that you put on your toast and you can jam a door. It's like, uh, I would hate to be someone coming in who's non-English trying to learn English. Say, the door's jam? So, someone put jam on it? So, but we have lots of words that, that have plural meanings. This is, in the Greek, this word oikos uh, has a plurality of meanings. But it basically means household. Um, and that's a context we're going to be looking at the word today. But it can mean a family. It can mean the property that you own can be your oikos. Uh, it's a house. And we know that there's a difference between a house and a, and a household. Um, it can mean a temple. It can mean uh, all of those things. But oikos has a plurality of meaning. So some examples of, of that word used in the scripture in the original Greek is found in Luke chapter 19, verse 9, uh, the story of Zacchaeus. Um, we all know the story. If you went to Sunday school, they said, Zacchaeus was a very little man, and a very little man was he. I'm a good singer, aren't I? I don't know why Jimmy doesn't let me sing. And it says, he climbed up here in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And you know that's, that story? Everyone's gone, no, nah, they didn't go to Sunday school. Sorry. No, one person did. All the rest of you didn't. Um, and so it says Jesus noticed him up in the sycamore tree and, and said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house for tea. And he was a notorious sinner. He was, he was a bad person. And Jesus noticed him there and, and Jesus invited himself to his house for, for lunch and it says that he and his household, Jesus said, the, uh, oh, what's the words? How did he say it? Uh, Jesus said, uh, today this house has been saved. The, you, the word used there was oikos. This household has, been, has seen salvation today. That there's been an understanding has come to, these, to this household of the grace and the goodness of God. And the word used there was oikos. Another one, John chapter 4 verse 53. Um, the centurion. It says his whole household was saved. So if you're taking notes, just jot those scriptures down. Acts chapter 18, verse 8, there's a man called Crispus. Uh, it says that he believed and his household, his oikos, his, his uh, family believed when, when he believed. So the reference of that word used mostly um, 
is in the is in the uh, effect of salvation that, that when salvation comes to a household, many in that household are saved. And I know there's a whole uh, evangelism teaching uh, ab- about reaching the world through families, through oikos. And, and uh, an oikos is, it could be a place where you work is an oikos. It's a, a community. It's a, there's all there's people there. And often what you'll find is when someone has a life transformation where Jesus really touches and changes them, those close to them, those around them, those in their, their influence will want to know what's happened and will, will follow them to church or will make a decision for Jesus as well because they saw the difference in someone who was close to them. That's the evangelism power of oikos. Um, so we're using that word as, as, as household today, but I want to extend the use of the word oikos to, the, to a community, the household of the church. So the theme being love church, we are an oikos. We are a family, a, a, a unit of people that God has brought together. So Romans 12 verse 5 says, So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So I've underlined that word belong. We belong to each other. So there's a, 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 a sense of shared responsibility. We don't just go through life as Christians saying, well, I'll just, I'll just stick to myself and do my own thing and I don't, don't worry about what anyone else thinks. I just, you know, I don't care what they think. Who ever says that? I don't care what you think. Well, you should care because we are called to belong to each other and there's an there's a assumption of shared responsibility when we're in that place. So um, it's bringing our part to the body completes the church and it completes and fulfills us. It's the oikos effect. We become a household, a family, and that's what Jesus has in mind for your life. Not that you stay isolated, not that you stay disconnected, but you find the place of unity and fulfillment and you get great satisfaction being part of an oikos environment. So love church is understanding what church is and what the church does, and that Jesus puts the pieces together. I want you to get an understanding that Jesus has put the pieces together of his church. So if you're sitting here today and you're, you're part of the church, Jesus put you as part of the church. He's positioned you for a reason, for a purpose, for, uh, for your benefit as well. Ephesians 2 verse 14 to 21. I won't read out the whole, the whole section, but if you're taking notes and you want to do some further study... Great place to start, Ephesians 4, verses 14 to 21. Uh, verse 14 says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He unites Jews and Gentiles into one people, when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separates us. So this illustrates that all people belong in the household of Jesus. So when, when we read that, we, we don't understand the full context between uh, the 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 distance there was socially between a Jew and a Gentile. The Gentile was anyone who was non-Jewish. The Jews wouldn't eat with them, wouldn't drink with them, wouldn't sit with them, wouldn't want to do business with them. They were just like, no, we have nothing to do with a Gentile. And in this scripture, you know, for, for a Jewish person reading that in, in that day would have horrified them thinking that, that they could be together, that they could be in unity They'd be like, that is so, uh, so challenging to, to their lifestyle. 
But what I want to say is Jesus wants to bring together under the oikos of God, under the household of faith, no matter what background, ethnic, socioeconomic, um, whatever distance there is between people, in the house of God we come together as partners and family under the banner of Jesus Christ. He supersedes every, every barrier. And you know, I would love to see you know, the people of every, every uh, tribe, nation and tongue and language and uh, social background all together in the house of God. I said in the first service, the, the skater boy and the person in the nursing home. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but everyone in between. Where, where the house of God comes together and we enhance each other's lives by being in the house of God. Uh, verse 18 says, Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Together, verse 20, we are his house. Together we are his house. Together we are his oikos. Can you say that? Together. Together. We are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. So we are members of his household with Jesus as the centerpiece, Jesus as the, 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 the focal point of what we do. And the, the, I think there are issues that evolve and develop in churches when people begin to put other things in the focus point where Jesus should be. So there's all kinds of ways we do that. But what I want to encourage you to do today, especially if, you, if you've been a Christian a long time, is sometimes you've got to tune out the, the, the fuzzy noises and start to tune in and say to yourself, Jesus, where are you right now in the central point of my life? And when you start to revalue that, you'll find that things become more clear. Things become more balanced again in your life. So... We are members of his household with Jesus as the cornerstone. Through Jesus, God designed a holy oikos, a holy household, a spiritual household that brings all people together who are willing to believe. See, the thing that brings us together is that we all believe in the same Jesus. We all know that we were sinners and we all know that Jesus cleansed us from our sin that separated us from God. And when our sin is not dealt with fully and properly, then it separates us from everybody else. And then we start to see all the differences. We start to see, well, they're Jew, they're Gentile. We don't talk to you and we don't talk to you and we don't want to have anything to do with you. And, and that separates us. But when we've truly come into that place of restoration in Christ, we can love and be connected with all people. I think that's, a, that's the, the best part of the gospel. It brings all people together who are willing to believe. Verse 22 there goes on to saying we are, we are a dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. We're dwelling where the Holy Spirit is in each of us. So, love church, it is a vehicle through which the Holy Spirit operates in the world. Now, it's not perfect, but God uses it to perfect us. Church is never going to be perfect. And if you live your life searching for the perfect church, don't go there because you'll spoil it. But we need to realize it's not perfect, but God uses it to perfect us. And God wants to take you on a journey that develops you and perfects you and strengthens you, awakens you to greater and greater purpose for your life. Can I just have the musicians join me now, please? So Jesus designed the church 
with you in it, a household with identity. So one of the things I think that, that is very common today is people have lost their identity. They don't know who they are or where they belong. And I believe that, that uh, through the oikos element in our lives, we can, we can regain identity. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 22 says, And he has identified us as his own. What an identity to have. It says, He has identified us as his own. Sometimes we think we've got to choose Jesus. Jesus is saying, I identify with you. I choose you. Um, and he, he does this by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. A guaranteed promise. I love what Bernard had to say at communion. That was good. But you know, Jesus has given us a guaranteed promise of eternal eternal consequence with no decay, no, you know, uh, uh, no use-by date. Eternity doesn't have a use-by date. It goes on forever and forever and forever. But the oikos, as Jesus has designed, will attract the enemy's attention. And Satan will use any trick in his arsenal to devalue and weaken the household of God. And, and often it comes from within, unfortunately. But uh, I have a, a little thing on the next slide, please. It says, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 29, Ephesians, sorry. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. So to attack your own body, you're either insane or demon-possessed. Now, what I want to bring, uh, and, and we've got to be careful when I say something like that, it's, it's, it can be pretty confronting. But don't be an unwilling accomplice to the enemy's divisive plans. So we need to be aware that God has placed us in an oikos. God has placed us in a household. That is our body. That is who we belong to. So if we were to attack that, if we were to talk against it, if we were to work against it, we're attacking our own body. And there's either two, two issues that are at work there. We either are not a good choice for us. So Christian means we are believers in Jesus and are grafted into his household, the oikos of the faithful. So Jesus has identified you in that house. Love church. We each have a responsibility to build, to nurture and protect the household. And what honour we have to be given a church. What an honour and a pleasure it is to, to be part of a household of faith where we can stand alongside each other and build something together. If you will, I just invite you to stand with me this morning. So there's a few things I felt the Holy Spirit uh, revealed to me about our service today. And that is that um, there's those who are disconnected. And Jesus just asked that you connect again. That you say, you come back and talk to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I just want to connect with your household again. And it just starts with a decision. Secondly, that those who are, are gifted for you to use your gift. And many... Many times people 
just don't know their gift. Many times people just say, well, I wouldn't have a clue where to even start. The Lord wants to take you on a journey, take you on some steps to discover your value, to discover your gifts. In a sense, discover your identity. It is the most satisfying thing you can ever do. Thirdly, for the church to find its pieces and to put them together that brings honor to God. So when the church is finding its place, finding its, its, its stride, it honors God. So if we can truly love church, it's Jesus' plan to change the world. Love church is about appreciating the gift the church is. So today, if you're here and one of those things are uh, spoken into your heart, I just love to pray and, and ask that we may break through into some of those things, that we may take a hold of some of those some of those things that God wants to do in our hearts. So I'd love to pray right now. And if, if you sense that, that you need to respond, I'm just going to ask for wherever you are to raise your hands up, um, open your hands to the God or put a hand up in the air or whatever, just between you and God saying, Jesus, I, I want to I want to move close to you. I want to be part of this household. I want to have the, the change in my life to help me love church the way I should. So if that's you, just raise your hands. I love to pray. So dear Heavenly Father, we just pray right now for those who are disconnected for whatever reason and for whatever, you know, whatever's happened. I pray, Lord God, for a reconnection of spirit, a reconnection of heart that we may know and truly understand and believe, Lord God, that you have a purpose for our life and you have a reason for us being. Lord, we pray for those who are gifted. I pray, Lord God, that that we may see and discover the gifts that you've placed upon us because you have uniquely gifted every single person here today with a gift and with a reason. So Father, I just pray today the gifts may be revealed, that you begin to show people what they, what they have, begin to show them the jewels, the treasure and the precious things in their heart. And so Lord, we pray also for the church as a corporate body, that it may find the pieces and put them together in a way that honours you, that we become a household that glorifies Jesus in this city. And Lord, we just pray, Father, that you begin to do a work of the Spirit in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can take your seats. I've got one more thing that I'd just like to do. Um, and that is, I don't know everybody here today, but you may be uh, away from God. You may have serve God and follow Jesus and wandered away, I don't know. Maybe you've never had an opportunity to ask Jesus to forgive your sins and to be your saviour. I'm going to give you an opportunity for, for that right now. But Jesus invites everyone to become part of his household, to be part of his household of believers. And you can ask Jesus right now to forgive your sins and you can be born again means you have a whole new start in life but this prayer is a start point for that and I believe if you pray a prayer like this meaning it then God takes you from that point from being away from God to being as close as you'll ever get and he'll just take you on a journey of discovery a journey of of growing and a, a, we call that discipleship but if you will I, I just invite you to pray this prayer with me and if you mean it in your heart Jesus sees and he knows you can come and talk to me about it afterwards if, if you feel to 
but he wants to take you on a journey. He doesn't want to leave you and say, oh, well, you know, have a good life. He wants to walk with you every day and make you stronger, uh, build you up, give you some life satisfaction that can only be found in Him. So if we can pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sin. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.